Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. The salvation of a soul is a costly thing. It is far more than a few religious observances and promises to do better. It is far more than self-sacrifice or doing good in the community. It is far more than believing there is a God and feeling sorry for our messed up lives. No, the salvation of a soul is far more costly than that. It requires an enormous debt to be paid, for which we have nothing to pay. The Bible says that we are bankrupt as far as God is concerned. In ourselves, we are in big trouble. We have offended God and cannot undo anything we have done. There is judgment for sin, and we cannot pay it. This is where the good news of the gospel comes in. God himself has intervened in the affairs of men to solve the great sin problem and reconcile man to himself. He did this by meeting the high cost of redemption himself. This was done through the cross work of our Lord Jesus Christ, His death, and His resurrection. On today's broadcast, we'll hear more of this with Speaker Gaius Goff. We hope that you will listen carefully to the beautiful gospel message and take in God's message to you. Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to speak to you tonight about the high cost of redemption. The high cost of paying for you, so you won't have to go down to a lost eternity in hell and ultimately the lake of fire. God has already gone to great lengths that everyone here tonight can be redeemed and brought to God. Listen to this, verse 20, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So I will speak to you first of all about his cross. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So we have read of his cross, we have read of his death, we have read of his resurrection. Now, one final reading in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where we have the definition of the gospel message in the first four or five verses, and now down in verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept? For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, but every man in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. So we read of his cross, his death, 
his resurrection, and his coming. And those parts of the gospel are directly related to the high cost of redemption. I don't know whether you realize how much it costs God to keep you here in this world today. Religion really is what a lot of people try to do to try to reach God. So they spend a lot of time and sometimes even money trying to do what they think would make God happy with them. Even though they're sinners, they think that maybe they can work their way along by doing certain things that people say are good. And so you'll hear people say, wow, I I go to church and I pray and I really try to do the best I can. Now that one's a little bit limp. If I'm talking to anybody here that's really done the best you can, you would be one out of everybody because you'd be the only one. Nobody has ever done that. But a lot of people really try to work their way to God by certain means that they think are okay. All of these are kind of good citizenship, but it has nothing to do with salvation or redemption. Salvation is not given to people who do things for God. Salvation is a gift that God gives for you, paid for in full by the drops of royal blood that flowed from Emmanuel's veins when Christ died for our sins on the cross. And we read that, that he made peace through the blood of his cross. Sometimes people come into a building like this and they wonder why there's a text up here, a statement of scripture, rather than a cross, so that people could, as they walk across, would tip their head and genuflect as they find their seat. And people wonder why we don't do that. Well, really in the Bible, a cross was not a symbol of honor. A cross was evidence that somebody was on a one-way street out of town and they weren't coming back. It was a symbol of death, suffering, and death. So we dare not make one out of galvanized pipe or even daffodils on Easter or or whatever it is that people do, or sometimes people even have them and put them as a badge here. And they say, I remember one night a man was going from a gospel meeting like this, and I asked him, I said, do you know the Lord Jesus? Are you a Christian? He's a Christian, man, take a look at that. And I said, yeah, nice cross there, but I asked you, are you a Christian? Well, he said, you know, there it is. I said, no, that's a cross on your lapel. I want to know what's happened inside, not outside, but inside. Have you ever, in your life here tonight, ever been by way of the cross and understood that the cross on which Christ suffered and died was the price that God arranged to pay so that nobody could say they weren't included in God's redemption? The Bible tells us that cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. It was arranged that the worst possible way a man could die was placed before our Savior, and he never turned away from it. But he, bearing his cross, his cross, went forth to the place called Calvary. And there they crucified him. There was no further that God could go. There's nothing more that he could do. There's no greater price that he could pay than what he paid when he was on the cross of Calvary. A cross in the Bible times As if it went by on the street, people would bow their heads and cry. But when Jesus went by, bearing his cross, women cried. And the Lord said, don't weep for me. 
you weep for yourselves and for your children. See, the death that Christ died was so that you and God could be at peace. He made peace through the blood of his cross. I hope you hear everyone, young and old alike, understand that reconciliation to God tonight is possible. It's like God reached to you and I through the cross work of Christ. Christ reached to God and he brought us together, reconciling us by the blood of his cross. And being born again is a specific Christian experience produced by the Holy Spirit of God through the Bible when he comes to live in a person's life who has come by way of the cross and understood that it was for me Christ went to the cross. You know, I understand that every year, and certain, particularly over in the Philippines, but perhaps other places, there are people that actually literally have themselves crucified to try and get favor with God. And so they go through the painful experience. Now, mind you, they don't put the crosses there upright. They put them at a bit of an angle. You'll probably see them on television. And there's people that have been nailed there and have been there for hours in pain, trying to earn favor with God. And they take him off those crosses and take him to the hospital. And afterwards, one lady has done that five different times. But that doesn't make peace. Christ made peace through the blood of his cross. So we read about the high cost of redemption is his cross. But also involved in the high cost of redemption is his death. You know what death is? What's it like to die? Why do people die anyway? Well, the Bible says, By one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death is passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So what actually happens in a physical death is the person that lives inside of this body leaves the body. It's separation. That's what death means. A physical death means that I move out of this body, my soul and spirit leave this body. So the senses that are linked with my soul leave. The part of me that can respond to God's love and mercy and grace, that leaves. And if a person leaves their body unsaved, they leave their body and go to hell. If a person leaves their body a Christian, they leave their body and go to be with Christ in heaven. It's as plain as that. It's not a complicated matter. So why did Christ die? Because he didn't sin. He knew no sin. He could not sin. In him was no sin. So why did he die? He died voluntarily by a matter of his own choice. The Bible tells us that Christ died for or in the place of the ungodly. And so his death was different than yours and mine. We can't help dying. It happens to us because we sin. There was nothing in Christ that would have ever made him die. He was the one who had eternal life. So how could one with eternal life die? Only by one way. If he volunteered to do so. He had the key. And when he knew you and I were in this world in our sins, he used that key when he was on the cross. And before you were ever born, or before I was ever born, 
Christ died for our sins. Not his own, ours, yours. He deliberately assumed full responsibility for your sins. Now, does that mean anything to you or not? After a meeting one night, an old gentleman came to me, and he said, Mr. Goff, he said, I'd like you to come to my house after this meeting for a cup of tea. He said, I got a story I want to tell you. So I said, sure, I'll be glad. And I went to his house, and his wife had this nice cup of tea, and kettle was boiled, and we sat down around the kitchen table, and his house would be as close as from here to across the street from the edge of the water. He said, look out there. I said, I said, see that light flashing out there? Yeah, that was a light on a, a rock offshore there. And I said, yes. He said, well, that wasn't always there. Back when I was a boy, he said that wasn't there. And he said, just underneath the water there, about three or four feet under at high tide, there's a, a long rock make go for almost a hundred yards or more long, just under the water. On a bad day, why, it's all covered with foam because the waves are breaking. But he said, on calm nights, you couldn't even know it's there. And he said, one night, this was my father's home, he said, where I live in now. He said, one night we were in here and we heard the sound of a ship's bell. And father called us all out. He said, come out. And we went out and stood outside on the porch. And he said, we, we looked out and we could see some light. And we heard a ship's bell. And we realized that there was a boat had run onto that rock. And it was sinking. So father had his boys all bring in firewood and made two or three big fires right here on the beach so that they would know where to come to. And by and by, he said, people started coming ashore with life jackets on some, and some had their arms around pieces of wood, and life rings were there. And he said, we'd bring him into the house here, and mother had a kitchen fire on, and there was a big pot of tea, and we were getting everybody warmed up. It was cold water, but they came in, and one young man was that came ashore, he said, was sitting over by the fire. We wrapped him in a blanket, and every time somebody new came through the door, we brought him in through the door, he would look up bright like this, and then, and we thought maybe somebody close to him had died. And by and by, he said, nobody else came in. And he said, that young man started to cry. And we thought maybe he had kind of lost his mind a bit or something. Father went over and put his arm over him. He said, son, you're okay. He was in his early 20s. He said, you're, everything's all right. You'll be fine. Somebody will come along in another boat and take you down to your home. No, he said, I know. I'm fine. But he said, when I came off the deck of the boat tonight, I didn't have a life jacket or a life ring or a piece of board. And he said, I just jumped into the water. And when I surfaced, there was another man there, and he had his arm around a rum barrel. Now, a rum barrel is about this long and kind of a oval-shaped barrel, and they have them on all the old schooners. And they fill them with rum so that keep everybody warm and cold night. And he said he had his arm around the rum barrel. So he said, I put my hand on the barrel too. And we found that the barrel wouldn't hold the two of us. He said we kicked and struggled, but it just wouldn't keep the two of us up. And the man said, are you married? He said, yes, I'm married. I have two children. Keep the barrel. And he said, that man let go of that barrel. And he said, if I'm not mistaken, he's the only one that was on that boat that's not in this house. And sure enough, the next morning they found his body on the beach. He could have been saved. He had the barrel. But because he recognized the need of that young man, he let it go and died that that young man might live.
Now, do you think that young man and his wife and two children will ever forget that gentleman that let that barrel go? Never. Because one man gave his life for another. Do you understand? That's what Jesus did for you. Now, doesn't that mean anything to you? Are you that hard that it doesn't melt your soul and bring tears to your eyes? That the Son of God loved you and gave himself for you. That's what his death was all about. To pay the price of your sin with his life. Now, if you are a genuine Christian, you will say from the bottom of your heart, not just some casual thing that you might do on Christmas and Easter, or if somebody squeezes it out of you, you would be able to say from the bottom of your heart, I love the Lord. He gave his life for me. Jesus died for me, and it will really mean something. That changes lives from doing just a a merry journey down the street to a course that wants to please and follow God. You appreciate his cross. You appreciate his death. And I think of his resurrection. Do you know that while we're sitting in this building, this beautiful building, there is a person who lived and who took his cross to Calvary and died there that you and I might have everlasting life, might have salvation. And three days later, he rose from the dead. So that while I'm standing here before you, above us, beyond our sight, is a touchable, tangible Savior. Jesus is not dead now. He laid down his life that you and I might be forgiven of our sins. And he had power to lay it down. And he had power to take it again. So God wanted us to know that he was satisfied with what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary for you and for me. And so God raised him from the dead. Of course, you don't think that's true, do you? Or do you? Really? I remember Don Jameson. He was used to be a Secretary of State here in Canada a number of years ago. He had a radio station. At that time, there was a big change going on in one of the big churches in this country. And they decided that uh, they were going to take the miracles out of the Sunday school curriculum so that instead of the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea, they crossed the Reed Sea up to their ankles in mud. Instead of the Lord feeding 5,000, why, there was one unselfish boy who was prepared to share his lunch with somebody with the Lord and, and all the selfish old people that had their lunch hidden because they didn't want to share it. And they broke theirs out and they set it all out and had this big picnic. That's how they figured the feeding of the 5,000. And uh, there's other things too, including the sacrificial death of Christ for the whole world and the actual physical, literal, bodily resurrection of Christ from the dead. So he interviewed this spiritual advisor of Canada, biggest advisor of one of the biggest churches in Canada. And he said to him, Dr. So-and-so, he said, uh, do you believe that Jesus Christ was miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, that he was actually born of a virgin? And the doctor hesitated a bit. He said, uh, well, he said, you know, there's a lot of symbolic things that have happened. And so symbolically, it was kind of an idea that God is wanting us to be, you know, pure. Oh, he said, Doctor, I'm just asking for a yes or no answer. Do you believe that Christ was born of the Virgin Mary or not? Well, he said, we know that's impossible. 
He said, and, and do you think that when Jesus died on the cross on Calvary, that his death was sufficient to let everybody's sins be forgiven if they would receive Christ? Well, he said, again, we're talking symbolically. One unselfish act on a person where everybody else moves everybody to, and no, he said, it's a yes or no answer. Did Christ die for our sins or not? Well, he said, that, you know, one can only take the place of one other. Well, then he said, Dr., do you believe that after Jesus was buried, three days later he rose from the dead in the body and was actually seen and people heard him talk? They saw him eat. Do you really think that's true? Well, he said, you know, again, he said, who can actually say that a person rose from the dead? He said, we know that's impossible. So he said it had to be symbolic. Uh, Mr. Jameson said, Doctor, you've taken away from us the virgin birth of Christ, the atoning death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, and fundamentally you've taken away from us the Bible. What have you given us in return? And he didn't know what to say. Every eye is going to see him. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee is going to bow to Jesus. And it may be sooner than you think, because we read about his coming. And his coming is as real as you driving in this driveway here tonight. There is on the calendar of events a day when Jesus will call from the air and say to all the Christians in the graves or those that are out, come on up, time to go home. And then this gospel series will be over, if it's tonight. I mean, the building will be here. Somebody's going to get a real bargain. But as far as the gospel, there'll be a counterfeit gospel preached to try to smooth people down. But at his coming, those that are saved will go to be with him. And those that have chosen to live their lives without Christ and have chosen to reject Christ will realize that the high cost of redemption didn't include them. His cross was the place where he died for us. His death was the price that he paid for us. His resurrection is the proof that God was satisfied to receive us. And his coming tells us that he's not done yet with planet Earth. Now, are you his or not? Yes, the cost of redemption was high indeed. The sacrifice of God's only Son upon a cross of agony and shame. What price could be higher than the death of the Prince of Life? And it was for you. What is keeping you from coming to Christ for salvation this very moment? Do you deny that you're a sinner? Perhaps you think you can make it on your own. You can't. You need forgiveness from God on His terms. Yes, redemption could be yours. Repent and turn to Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Not only will you escape judgment in hell, but you will receive new life and be ready for that call from heaven when the Lord returns to receive his own. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, 
why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. Thank you.